Hi, thanks for tuning in to Out of Office. This is the podcast for people who want to go freelance or are already doing it. I'm your host, Fiona Thomas. I'm a freelance content writer and author. My first book is a mental health memoir called Depression in a Digital Age. My next book, Out of Office, will be published in October 2020. I just want to give a quick shout out to Dingy for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. They provide the world's first flexible insurance for freelancers that you can turn on, off, up or down. As well as that, they also help chase unpaid invoices on every policy as standard. As a customer who already uses their services, I'm personally very pleased that they've decided to help me make this podcast a reality. You can find out more about what they do at www.getdingy.com and I've also left their link in the show notes. In this episode, I want to talk about confidence. I'm recording this from my living room on my own. I write for a living and that's normally done sitting at home in front of a computer screen. So you might be thinking, well, my job doesn't really require the same level of confidence as, say, a group fitness instructor who they have to learn a routine and then perform it in front of an audience without making any mistakes. And that is pretty scary, to be fair. But every freelancer needs to have confidence in themselves and what they do, because it's a fundamental part of making your business a success. And when I talk about confidence, I don't just mean the ability to talk in front of a crowd or pitch your services to a client or do Zumba without tripping over. I mean an inner confidence in what you do and why you're doing it. One of my clients is called Kirsty Hulse. She runs a company called Roar Training and she specialises in confidence workshops. Her company conducted some research that found that 71% of people have turned down an opportunity due to lack of confidence. The work that she does with clients is based around our brains and how they work and how we can harness that knowledge to get out of our own heads and make progress when it comes to self-confidence. One of the points that she's mentioned to me before is this idea that our lack of confidence is almost always a result of fear. From a young age, we fear getting up to read our essay in front of the class. We fear being picked last for the football team. We fear not getting the promotion at work. We fear tripping up on the stairs when we go up to receive our award. We fear our businesses won't be a success. We fear that we won't make enough money to pay the bills. I drink up everything that Kirsty says about confidence and learning about it from her has really transformed the way I think about myself. So I knew for this episode I needed her expert input on the subject. I don't just want to give you confidence tips and tips alone. I want you to understand on a deeper level why so many of us struggle with confidence on a daily basis. First of all, I ask Kirsty why we have such a physical reaction in situations where we lack confidence. Here's what she said. The reason that we have such a physical reaction to fear is because very literally it's our body preparing to uh, fight or fly or freeze or flock. When we feel threatened, when we feel stressed, when we feel scared, what happens is our body kind of tightens our chest. It pumps all of the oxygen and blood to our extremities and prepares us to move. So that's why when we feel threatened, when we feel nervous about situations like standing on a stage or 
calling a client or whatever that manifestation is, it's your body very literally preparing to help you survive. You know, our brains really haven't changed since they first evolved. So we're kind of dealing with this um, primitive equipment that served us so well in the natural environment, but doesn't necessarily serve us when we're professionals and working in offices, for example. It's also worth noting that, you know, it's this fear of stepping outside of the group, of the pack, is incredibly hardwired into who we are as humans. So a lot of people, for example, are nervous around public speaking. And people often tend to think maybe that's a weakness or on a fault of them and other people aren't afraid. But as humans, we evolved in groups, we evolved in packs. So it makes sense that we would be afraid to step outside of that pack. It's normal. It's completely normal. It's just part of the human experience. Anyone who's had a panic attack will have experienced that surge of energy that comes when you go into that fight or flight mode. But it really is a natural response, even though it feels like it doesn't serve us in the world of business. So what are the common misconceptions about confidence? Some of the common misconceptions about confidence is that it's unattainable. A lot of people tend to think that, you know, some people just are confident and that's not me. There has been some research that suggests confidence may be genetically influenced. So some people may have a genetic predisposition to be more confident, but that genetic influence will only account for about 15%. The rest of it is environment. So we are able to take small steps to do small things that will make us more confident over time. And often humans have something called a negativity bias, which means we focus on the negative. And we tend to have a really broad sweep of what confidence is. And we tend to think we're not confident based on the things we can't do. So, for example, for me, I'm more than happy to stand on a stage and uh, speak to a thousand people and be relatively OK. But if you ask me to do something physical, then I get incredibly fearful. I'm not physically confident. Those people who say I'm not confident probably are just focusing on the areas where you're not. But it's so subjective. We all have things we're confident in doing. I think the other misconception is the misunderstanding between confidence and self-esteem. Confidence is your belief in your skill set. Self-esteem is your belief in yourself. And I think most of us uh, are okay with confidence. What I've noticed when I work with people on confidence is there's always a dissonance. There's always that notion of, I know that I can do this but also I feel like I can't. Or, you know, when I think about this rationally, I know that I'm able to uh, do this presentation. I know that I can do it. I know I've got the experience, but I'm so scared. And that's the interplay between confidence, the belief that you have the skills, and self-esteem, the belief in yourself. And people tend to work on confidence in their skills, but without also at the same time or even before working on self-esteem, your belief in yourself, you'll always, always find yourself in that situation where you have that dissonance and that disconnect. One of the exercises I like to share is called lies and truth. So think about one of the things that you don't feel confident on. What's the main thing that scares you? And then write down the lies you're telling yourself about that. And then after you've written down the lies, write down the truth. Try that and see what comes up for you. Ah, that link between confidence and self-esteem is so interesting. 
So I actually tried that lies and truth exercise that Kirsty mentioned and I thought I'd share the results with you quickly. As I record this, I'm planning to launch my first ever creative writing course. Um, I'll tell you a bit more about it later. And that's right at the forefront of my mind. So the first lie that I wrote down is that I am not qualified to teach a creative writing course. That's exactly how I feel right now. And I know that I'm at risk of letting that thought control my behaviour. The truth that I wrote down next to that is that I've been published hundreds of times in magazines and newspapers. I've written two books and I'm a full-time writer. Now seeing that written down in black and white makes me see how I really do tell blatant lies to myself that just outright contradict the truth. And I like to think that I'm quite in tune with that internal dialogue, but I didn't realise how strong those feelings were until I just wrote them down. The second lie that I wrote is that no one will pay for my knowledge on creative writing. And then the truth that I've written next to that is that actually people are always asking for my advice on how to write. They're always asking me about how to get published. And I've been making money from my skills as a writer for years now, so much so that it's what I do full time. So I'd urge you, when you get the moment, write down your lies and truths to observe how your fear is controlling your self-esteem, which is in turn potentially making you less confident. I think this is especially powerful when you're going through a launch process like I am, because you really need to show up feeling confident in what you do to inspire others to believe and what you're selling. Finally, I asked Kirsty, what do we need to know about our brains in order to improve our confidence levels? I think what's most powerful to learn about, you know, our fundamental human nature, our brains, to help us develop confidence is just learning that, you know, this is a, a human-centric consideration. When people feel nervous or overwhelmed or lacking in confidence, we often tend to see it as our problem. You know, only I feel like this. Other people don't feel like this. Successful people don't feel like this. And when we think of a narrative as it being about us, rather than about just part of the human experience, it becomes so much harder to overcome. When we're feeling nervous, when we're feeling as though something is outside of what we can do, we feel that emotion and then we tend to react to it. So in that moment where you're thinking, I can't do this, I can't do this, we then start telling ourselves a story about the fact that we can't do it. I can't do it, that means I definitely can't do it and people will see that I'm nervous and if people see I'm nervous, they'll know that I won't be able to do it, I'll be humiliated and, and we escalate the problem. So my suggestion is next time you feel overwhelmed by something, just observe it. Don't react to it because when you observe it, you stop giving it power and consequently you stop believing it. I promise you, I have worked with really high level senior male CEOs to brand new interns, to women coming back off maternity leave, to people just starting on their career, to new emerging managers. Everybody, everybody in some way feels not good enough. It's just part of being human. You're not alone in this. There is nobody I have ever met, nobody I have ever worked with that doesn't in some way question themselves, question their ability to do things. 
So I think the most important thing to know in confidence is to just normalize it. People will often come to me and say, hey, will you help me uh, eradicate my nerves? Nope, absolutely not. I'll help you accept them. Nerves are normal. Fear is normal. A lack of confidence is normal. There's nothing new or interesting or unique about it. And I think that's the first step to start to really develop that self-esteem. To follow on from that, one great trick that Kirsty has taught me is to accept that the nerves you're feeling right now are real and they're normal, but soon they'll turn into something positive. Focus on the outcome of the nerves instead of the nerves themselves and visualise that positive outcome. So for example, my nerves right now about this creative writing course will give me the energy boost and the adrenaline rush to make an airtight marketing plan and promote my course consistently over the next few weeks. And if I visualise myself on launch day, I can see those emails come flooding in as people sign up to join the course. And I know that working through these nerves that I'm feeling right now will all be worth it because they'll propel me forward to that desired outcome. When you understand that nerves and a lack of confidence is normal, it can make doing the scary things a bit easier because you can learn to accept those feelings of resistance when they appear. Sit with them. Accept that they're a natural response and then do the things you need to do to overcome them. The important thing is to not let them overwhelm you or control you. I would definitely recommend that you go and take a look at Kirsty Hulse on Instagram because she's got a series of really, really good IGTV videos. They're short, but they're really, really helpful. She's also got an online community um, as part of Roar Training. And on that platform, she delivers loads of in-depth coaching and webinars and one-to-one work all on the neurological aspect of confidence. I'll pop all her links in the show notes. So how does the issue of fear and confidence affect us as freelancers? Well, I know from my experience that it's connected to almost every part of my business and has been prevalent in every stage of my journey in some shape or form. Take starting this podcast, for example. I communicate best when I write. I'm a writer, that's just what I do. And I've never been a confident speaker. I actively avoid confrontation or verbal arguments because when it comes to stating my side of the story, I always crumble. I can't think straight, I stutter, I confuse all my thoughts and I can't make sense of what I'm trying to say. So starting a podcast definitely didn't fill me with excitement. Then if we go further back, I used to work in a cafe where I used to make sandwiches, do the dishes, sweep the floor. Then in the evenings, I would go home and do freelance writing and social media management. Eventually, I was so busy in the evenings and the weekends that I was getting burned out. And I knew that I couldn't continue to both work in the cafe and do my freelance writing work on the side. I was working late into the evening, not getting enough sleep. I didn't have enough time to spend with my loved ones. But I still didn't have the confidence to make the decision on how to solve the problem. I had reduced my hours as much as possible in the cafe and my dream was to become a full-time freelancer but I just didn't have the confidence to actually do it. I was so scared that I wouldn't be able to make ends meet and I really thought I was going to miss that comfort blanket of the regular income of a normal job and I feared the humiliation of failure. Like what if I tried to go freelance and I just couldn't do it? What if I ran out of money and then I had to go back to waitressing? 
I worried that I would feel embarrassed that I even thought I had the potential to be a full-time writer. Obviously, I did make the leap and it was really scary. I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it work. But I think that fear of failure is what put the fire in my belly to push forward and think practically. It made me dig deep into my finances, get clear on my goals, rein in my spending and look for multiple income streams. I think it actually made me really focused. Oh, and if you really want a lesson on self-confidence, I highly recommend writing a book. (laughs) Writing out of office really made me question my ability as a writer. At one point, about, I would say, 40% of the way through the manuscript, everything I wrote felt wrong. It felt really boring. It didn't feel like me at all. But obviously I pushed through. I had a deadline. I had to keep going. I pushed through and I wrote anyway. And I edited the stuff I didn't like. And I took on feedback from my editor. And I continued to work hard. Now, with that experience under my belt, I'm confident that my writing is actually pretty damn good and the book is definitely the best piece of work that I've ever published. But I'm sure when I sit down to write my next book that I will have a whole new confidence crisis again. And like I said, that's just normal. So many of my successes as a freelancer have been born out of those moments where I felt scared and anxious about the outcome. But I've managed to put those aside and chosen to feel confident, even if that's just for a brief moment. Whether it's hitting send on the email of my first book proposal, or walking up to a stranger at a networking event and handing them my business card. Even behind the scenes decisions like increasing my rates and making them public on my website. That's something that I've been avoiding for months and I've only just recently pushed through that fear because I know that I've got to feel confident about my rates and I've got to be proud of myself and what I offer. I suppose in all these cases, what I'm saying is that fear is still there. But once you decide not to let it hold you back, that's where your newfound sense of confidence will appear. And the more often you overcome these little bouts of fear, the more evidence you have to support the idea that you've got that inner confidence to draw on in the future. This week, I've also put a few questions to my friend Julia Day. She's the founder of the Independent Girls Collective, an online membership community that delivers courses, resources and support for female business owners. Some of my favourite courses on there include Mastering Tax, Crushing Your Money Fears and Launching to Success. Julia also helped me write the tax section in Out of Office, so I'm forever grateful to her for that. She's also a business coach and does a lot of one-to-one work with clients. And I'm actually a past client of hers and found that the mindset aspect of my business is something that I actually don't always give enough attention to. But working with Julia gave me a big confidence boost, so that's why I really wanted to ask her to weigh in on this topic. First up, I asked Julia, what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about going freelance, but they don't feel confident about the financial aspect of earning enough money? For anyone thinking about going freelance and not feeling confident about the financial aspect or earning enough money, I would say get really clear on how much you need to earn. How much do you need to live each month, work out all your bills and how much they are, set budgets for things like food, travel, any other essentials. Don't guess, work out all the numbers. And then think about what services you'll be offering and how much you can charge for them. So for example, if your monthly expenses are £1,000, and you charge each client £250 a month to work with you, you know that you need to serve four clients each month. 
and that doesn't seem like such a huge number. So while that sounds really basic and nothing to do with confidence, it's so easy to spiral and assume the worst when you're new to freelance and you don't quite know your numbers. So once you do know how much you need to earn and how you can make that happen, it shows you how doable it is and that really helps to build your confidence when it comes to finances. I think getting your head around your finances is one of the key building blocks for confidence as a freelancer. Because like Julia says, once you know how much you need to earn, it gives you more focus. What I've found as well is that taking the time to understand how much money I need to bring in each month, not just to survive, but to actually grow my business and invest money back into it, that gives me the confidence to stay strong on the prices that I've set and the packages that I've created. So when clients start to ask for discounts and special rates, it makes it easier to refuse because I know that I've done the work, I've done the calculations to ensure that no, my prices are fair and they're non-negotiable. I guess it's that knowledge of the impact that your finances can have on your business that leads you to the confidence and asking for what you need to function at your best. As freelancers, we don't have a boss to give us positive feedback. So ask Julia, how can we foster a sense of self-confidence on our own? Since you don't have a boss to give you feedback on your freelance, there are two ways you can boost your self-confidence, external and internal. External confidence comes from other people. That's things like good feedback, testimonials from clients, and if relevant, when people share your work on social media. If you're new to freelancing and you don't have any feedback from your client yet, it could come from things like feedback in your old job, appraisals from your boss, maybe good testimonials from clients who you worked with then. Internal confidence is a little bit more tricky and the process of growing it takes a little longer, but it's something that we should always be working on because ultimately external validation can only do so much for us. Internal confidence is about knowing who you are and what you're doing and being able to handle criticism without it shaking you. So if you don't already, Think about what your personal values and morals are and what you want to bring to the world. Make yourself a set of intentions that align with this and if you act according to those and keep in mind that they will change and grow as you do, you can be confident in yourself. It's also about accepting that you're going to make mistakes and forgiving yourself for those mistakes and not comparing yourself negatively to other people. Sure, some people look like they haven't made and maybe you wonder how they do everything or why their life looks so perfect, but you don't know their story. Focus on your own goals and your own values and you'll be able to feel confident in what you're doing and ultimately yourself. I definitely keep an evidence bank. I love this idea and I recommend that you do it too. A good way is to keep a folder on your phone with screenshots of emails or DMs and Also, keep a folder on your email account so that any positive feedback you get through email, you can just pop it in that folder for reference in the future. When I was writing out of office, my editor that I was working with at the time left the company to go and work with another publisher. I was really upset about the whole thing, to be honest. There was um, a big upheaval in the middle of the project. But before he left, he sent me a lovely email which said how excited he was for my next book and how he was certain it was going to be some of my best work. Now, I really trust him as an editor, so having those words written down in black and white 
really made me feel confident that this guy that I've trusted for so long knew that I was going to continue to work well even without him by my side. Shout out to Cassin by the way if you're listening. (laughs) So I printed off that email and I highlighted the nice words that he said and put it on the pin board next to my desk as a constant reminder that I was more than capable to write a book that I was really proud of. Then I asked Julia, does she have any advice for people who find that confidence is holding them back from the marketing aspect of freelancing? If you find that a lack of confidence is holding you back from marketing your freelance business, build up to it slowly. You don't have to do everything all at once. This could be by sharing what you're working on one day or sharing some positive client testimonials. They're great ways to show what you do without having to kind of show up and say, look how great I am, because that can be really difficult to do. Look at the businesses that you admire and how they do their marketing. What do you like and dislike about it? There are no fail-safe rules for marketing. It's just about doing what feels authentic and genuine to you. So where I might find chatting to the camera on my Instagram story works really well for me in terms of taking on new clients, you might find that pitching to your ideal clients by email is much more successful for your business. We're all different. We have to do the thing to find our way. But you do have to market what you do. Think about it. How can people work with you if they don't know what you do? You can't think about it like I'll start marketing when I have more clients because then I'll have more confidence. It's the other way around. You have to do the marketing to get the clients and the more you do the marketing, the more your confidence will grow as you see the results that it gets. Honestly, I do wish that I had a secret that could give you the courage to just show up and do it. But as someone who is pretty shy and reserved, something just clicked that I realized that I had to do it despite my fear and it worked and now I feel confident doing it and it will be the same for you. I know that what I do is great and that it would be a disservice not to tell people about it and the same goes for you as well. Obviously I've mentioned already that this is something that I've been struggling with this month as I work on the marketing for my new creative writing course. The thing that's really helped me feel more confident about marketing has been to have a really detailed plan. I know that showing up on Instagram stories every day and trying to think of a pithy caption once or twice a day doesn't come easily and it often feels like I'm posting things in the moment or just off the top of my head without any clear purpose or direction. And when you're not promoting something in particular, I think that's fine, but when you want a specific outcome then having a plan in place can really help. So I've spent a few days pre-writing all my captions and making a schedule for what I'm going to talk about on stories each day for the next coming weeks. Because I know if I don't, I'll start to tell myself those lies that I spoke about earlier. I'll start to tell myself that I'm not good enough to show up online. And then I'll believe it and I'll just freeze up. And my marketing, it'll come to a halt. So having that plan in place means that there's no internal argument about what to say or how to say it or am I even good enough to be saying it. I'll just follow the plan and get it done. This seems like a natural place in the podcast to let you know that my creative writing course goes on sale on the 18th of May. It's called, drumroll please, Find Your Voice. Write creatively, grow your audience, sell your stuff, 
be yourself or just call it find your voice for short. (laughs) It's a four-week creative writing course for freelancers and small business owners who want to develop a unique writing style to use on their website and blogs and social media platforms. The doors will be open until the end of May and we start learning on the 30th of June. All the training will be delivered through weekly live video sessions and there will be weekly exercises to help you put your knowledge into action. There will also be a private Facebook group where you can ask questions, get feedback and support on what you're working on. And the aim is for you to create a brand identity through the language that you use in order to attract your dream clients. Since I started using language to really express who I am and what my business is all about, I found that I've attracted three of my dream clients in the last six months. So I can tell you that it works. (laughs) You can find all the information you need to know about the course on my website at Fiona Likes to Blog forward slash find your voice. I'll pop the link in the show notes as well. Well, I don't know about you, but I actually feel super confident right now <laughs> after spending the best part of an hour sharing with you how I lack confidence. Is that weird? I suppose, it, like Kirsty was saying earlier, there's a real power in just acknowledging these shitty feelings and kind of let them flow through you and not let them take over. To summarise some of the most important tips from what we've spoken about, Accept that confidence and self-esteem are linked and work on improving both. Know that the physical fear before doing something big or scary is 100% normal and that you can let it exist and still do the scary thing. Try that lies and truth exercise that Kirsty talked about and tag me on Instagram and let me know how you got on. Build up that evidence bank of all the positive feedback you've received in the past. And practice shouting all your successes as part of your marketing. And schedule this into your day instead of making it an afterthought. Well, that's all for this week on the Out of Office podcast. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned for some special episodes coming your way next month. I know this is a monthly podcast, but in June, I'm going to be a lot more active on here and releasing tons of extra episodes to celebrate something exciting um so yeah stay tuned for that and i'll see you next month thanks again to dinghy for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and definitely check out their insurance services which are specially designed for freelancers you can find out more at www.getdinghy.com or click the link in the show notes of this episode. Just a quick reminder that my book, Out of Office, will be available in October 2020. You can follow me on Instagram at Fiona Likes to Blog or visit my website, fionalikestoblog.com. If you enjoy this episode, don't forget to subscribe for more episodes and if you don't mind, leave me a review saying how much you love me because I just really like getting compliments. That's all for now. Bye!